0: Awesome. All right. Uh, So before we jump into the interview, I'm just going to do my normal spiel real quick. Do, 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 do. And here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Laughing Into the Void. I'm your host, Tom, and co-hosting with me tonight, as always, is the lovely Rosalind Paris. You can watch our pre- hi um you can watch our previous broadcasts on the district comedy youtube and facebook channels or listen to them on most podcast platforms if you enjoy the stream please consider making a donation of any size at district-comedy.live and if you want to keep up with us on social media check out the link in the description Uh, Special bonus plug uh, for our next installment of Stand Up for a Cause. Uh, This time, uh, it's going to be in benefits of AIDS Committee of Toronto, ACT, and that'll be 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Friday, March 19th. It'll be fun. We're featuring a lot of Canadian comics because they're a Canadian organization. You probably got that from Toronto. Um, But more info on that can be found in the link's description of this episode as well. And here today with us, we have Nathan Bentley, a.k.a. Ginger Ambrosia. Ginger Ambrosia is a drag queen, stand-up comedian, and local legend based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, who has been twirling around for about six years now. She's inspired by the stand-up comedians like Joan Rivers and often says that her drag character would be the love child of Ronald McDonald and Kathy Griffin. Uh, She now performs in local bars and dives that offer a stage to stand up comedians and uses comedy and drag performance to challenge norms and behaviors of the majority. Ginger Ambrosia has a unique voice in the Grand Rapids drag scene, and in 2017, was a semifinalist in the Bob's, B.O.B's, Funniest uh, Person in Grand Rapids, and was also featured in Laugh Fest in 2017. After a brief break in 2018, Ginger Ambrosia blazed through 2020 and is ready to take on 2021. By storm, probably starting with this show. I think I just, like, hocked a loogie at the camera. So sorry. <laughs> uh, but, but you can follow her on uh, The Ginger Ambrosia for Instagram and, or visit her website at uh, gingerambrosia.com. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm done talking. Thank you for bearing <laughs> with me. Um, I hi. forgot that I sent you... Um that. And I was like, oh, my God, how does he know so much? But I understand. I like to think that I do a good amount of research about the guests before the show as well. But um, no, I did not. I did not have to for your bio. It was very helpful. Um, But yeah, kind of jumping into things. uh, We do start and end every episode with the same questions. Uh, So the first one we have is uh, how would you describe your sense of humor to someone who has never seen you perform oh my gosh well i guess i'm thinking of what how other
1: people would describe me but how i would describe myself i don't um clever and uh crass um and we'll just see yeah clever and
0: crass are two (laughs) good c words yeah (laughs) crass is that a c word i don't know I think that that is like a tricky question, too, and I probably need to modify it at some point because I also think that there's a difference between what, at least for me, there's a difference between the comedy that makes me laugh and the comedy that I do, which sometimes makes me laugh. Mostly is uh, emotional catharsis. (laughs) (laughs) Therapy, yes.
2: Yeah, mostly I don't think I'm funny. Mostly I'm just like, these are thinly veiled. Deep cutting psychological issues (laughs) and
0: I'm too broke for a therapy. I'm projecting it's
1: wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think other people describe me as intimidating. I think because the drag, you know, it it looks maybe it looks intimidating, but I don't think that I'm I don't know, I don't think that I'm intimidating. I think I'm I'm talking about (laughs) all sorts of very personal, weird things that wouldn't be intimidating. So I don't know. I would describe myself as clever. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. Uh, do you find that your performance style is kind of in line with your own sense of humor? Um, I think so. I definitely prefer to watch.
1: I'm I'm more drawn to female comedians, I guess. Um and and drawn to um. I don't know. I guess um, later on we'll talk about the storytelling, but I think I'm more drawn to storytelling. And for a while I was doing my my style of comedy was more just like jabs at things Mm -hmm. and was, it wasn't really storytelling. So I've tried to change kind of go go down a different path um, and, and do more comedy that I'm attracted to outside of myself.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So now we'll actually jump into the meat of the interview yes. because I have uh, no transition skills as a host. <laughs> but, but okay, um, so I was reading about you. In 2015, you did an interview with uh, Grand Valley Lanthorne where you start to describe uh, your journey into drag. Um, and there's not much to it in uh, the interview other than, you know, kind of saying that you started from a really dark place and that was a bit of an outlet so if you don't mind uh telling us a little bit more about that journey and the role that drag has played in your life and uh what what the role comedy has played in your life and you know how it intersects with your act Yes, yeah. So
1: I was in college and um, a freshman in college and I had a couple people close to me pass away. And I think at the time I was just not doing well in classes and someone was like, why don't you go to this counseling center on campus? And I remember at the time I was like, I'm not going to go talk to somebody, but I did. And um, this woman, I don't even know. I don't know what her name was, or I just know that she worked at the school. I wish I could thank her. She's really helpful. But um, this beautiful woman, um, she was just like, Hey, like um, what's a, do you have any creative outlets? And I think at the time I was like, but what is a creative outlet? I'm trying to like do school and uh, not, be sad so i don't <laughs> have time for creativity okay um but she was like dude do you, do you do any art And i was like no and then i think somehow we got on the topic of me starting to watch rupaul's drag race and that's when the show had like First kind of um at the time it was still on Netflix in the United States. Mm -hmm. So this was a while ago. Um and I think it was like the very early, early seasons. And I just I watched it with the person I was dating at the time, which by the way, I was like 18, and I think that person was like 32. Oh, Um, (laughs) she was that's another story. Yeah, (laughs) I was going through some things, okay. But that person introduced me to um to rupaul's drag race and i was like i love just to watch it i had never thought like oh i'll do that i just thought it was interesting so that counselor had suggested you know why don't you um start playing with makeup and practicing maybe you could do that and i remember being like i'm not gonna do that and right around the same time i saw um one of the drag queens in the area that i live in who i I'm sure she would not want me to but I always refer to her as not a drag mother but someone who I saw for the first time and was like I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to do what she's doing and I was so confused but I thought it was beautiful and I was like I'm going to do that so kind of those things together of finding a creative outlet and seeing a drag show on campus and just watching um that unfold and also I was I know it's hard to believe because I'm listen <laughs> i am sometimes i hear my own voice and i start craving chick-fil-a it's i'm very gay okay i'm the reason that Chick-fil-A was invented but i i i was I gonna was ask to go. yes yes the origin story of chick-fil-a that's for another show but um i i um so i'm very you know, queer and have always kind of, I've never, you know, acted differently, but I wasn't out. So I was also coming out to my family at the same time. So there was just a lot going on. And to me, that was a a creative outlet that I could just really focus on. So I remember I would would practice makeup every single day. Um, Like I would come home from from college and I would play with makeup and I would look bonkers, but I would do it like all the time to figure out, you know, how I can look. And I think I was using like the dollar store foundation like this Mm -hmm. weird pan of foundation it was one color and then i had (laughs) blush and that was and maybe like an eyebrow pomade and that was. what do you
0: need it
1: (laughs) you need a lot more if you could see this the room that i'm in this drag dungeon i'm in you need a lot more um so yeah i was i didn't know what i was doing but i was just making it happen and i started doing drag uh I for I did my first performance. I probably like I probably waited like a year or maybe a year and a half until I was like, I'm a woman now. And I I remember <laughs> I look bonkers. If you go back on my Instagram, it's like some of the first posts on there. I've left them up because I just
0: think Look it's, how it's far I've come. <laughs> look how far yeah, I leave it up for me.
1: It's not for anyone else. Um I have to scroll down sometimes to be like, oh, Okay, yeah, I'm I'm pretty now. But I, <laughs> um, but I remember I performed, and I, for some reason, I think in drag, like, I don't know. Tom, have you ever done
0: drag for fun? Uh, No, I'm sorry, The but... <laughs> Roz knows this story. The closest, I feel like, is that one time that uh, we were going through our friend's <laughs> ex's um, stuff, so... Uh, I was putting on some. No, it wasn't drag. I was just putting on a dress. That doesn't count at all. He um, tried on
2: her wedding dress as a joke to, because we are all really sad. But and I looked really good at it too, though. And I commented. I was like, Tom, I think that dress looks better on her. It's so weird that you guys are the same size. And he looked at me and he's like, She wishes.
0: Uh, yeah. Yes, you were feeling it a little When I was, when I was young. No, I. Well, I haven't. Obviously, that doesn't count as drag, but I have, like, kind of, um, you know, seen a few episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I feel like um, the snippets of what I've gathered, I can definitely see the appeal. Like, it's a very entertaining performance style.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think... um... I think what I've learned is I, I recently watched I think it was a podcast and Trixie Mattel is um, from RuPaul's Drag Race and she was talking to Whitney Cummings on, on a podcast mm. about um, how drag queens are basically our stand-up comedians they're models and they are uh, sometimes they're servers at the same time in the same bar yeah. and that's so true is sometimes we're doing all these different jobs at one time and typically we're you know performing and, and doing a number and then we're jumping right onto a microphone after you know and I have asthma so I always make jokes oh. about asthma oh. but I really can't breathe especially now with the the mask on on top of the drag it's like so much but um, but what I was going to ask you is if you've done drag you might have experienced like I really wanted to I think a lot of newer drag queens they want to have a character and at the time I was like I'm going to be a pinup, you know um, and and i want to have this like beautiful kind of like your hair the beautiful Uh, the waves and i really was like i can do that it'll be beautiful and then at some point i wanted to be a mermaid i don't know what i was fixating on like i have to have this character that's so separate from me um that is is like a, a cartoon version of myself um and i would literally take a starfish you can also Find this on the Instagram. <laughs> um, you don't even have to follow me to scroll down. Um, <laughs> I used to glue a starfish from like Michael's, like an actual starfish, like this big, and I would use like nail glue that you you like glue on nails, and I would glue it to my face, like my forehead right here, like a star. Did I it don't work? Know.
0: Did that have it stick? It worked.
1: It sticked every time. Shit, <laughs> it stuck every time. Um, it stuck every time. I'm from the south, so. Um, <laughs> it jumps out sometimes um but yeah i would i was trying to be a mermaid for a while and i really was just lost with like what exactly where do i fit and in the drag world um i don't see this as much in the comedy world but in the drag world it's very much like you are this or you are that and it's you're a pageant queen and you're just like pretty and you look like a barbie or you are a comedy campy over the top Mm -hmm. um caricature of a woman you're not you're not trying to look like you're not a female impersonator and i could never really vibe with completely with one or the other and i was like i don't know and i really went back and forth and then um i was banned from the gay bar in the town that that i live in right now which is a whole, lo- I can get into it if you want. It's a whole the, long hell story. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, I would Yeah, I kind of want to know. I mean, if you move a lot Google. cooler, yeah. listen, it sounds a lot cooler than it was, but long story short, um, everyone here knows this. And I think sometimes when I go to shows now, people are like, that maybe this is why they're intimidated. I don't know, but um, people will still make comments about like, oh my God, and I actually was at a drag show yesterday, safely, and this person next to me was like, aren't you that drag queen? And I looked like this, but they were like, aren't you that drag queen that got banned from some straight bar? I don't even know what they were talking about for saying a joke. And I was like, oh my God, it's like the game of telephone. This is like turned into something (laughs) else. But I just said, yes. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's what happened. Um, But what really happened was that the local gay bar um, in the year of our Lord, I believe it was 2015. Not that long ago, okay. Yeah, every one of them. People... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one <laughs> of them. Um, every time I tell the story, people are like, "Oh, so in 1852?" And I'm like, "Nope." Um, a times. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Doesn't feel that um, long ago to me these days. Uh, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. um But so the local bar they were doing um a drag competition that I had been in before and had lost. I did terribly the starfish, all of that. I was, I was terrible in that competition and I lost fair and square. Then fast forward a year later, 2015, it was 15 or 14. They tried to do a Cowboys versus Indians theme for one of the like weeks. Mm. Um, And like I said, I'm from the South and it's strange moving to Michigan and seeing how behind some things are because I felt like where I'm from, we under, we I hardly ever really saw a rebel flag. I hardly ever saw people outwardly doing things that were like very to me would be like like a, a red flag. Um, but here it seems like people are like, well, we're not the South, so why not? Um, and it almost seems like they've never heard that those things are like not okay. Um, so anyway, I, I I caused a social media uproar, um, and it was when Facebook you could still. Uh, it would be like every comment and every reply was like an individual comment. And I believe that the post got like, it was hundreds of comments of everyone coming out of the woodwork, all these local like drag queens who had been in the game for years and years. I mean, before I was born, um, who basically outed themselves as being okay with something like that. Um, And it caused this huge um, sort of like a lot of drag queens being like, I don't know if we need to be politically correct. And I was under the mindset of like, that's our, that's our job. We're we're like the, fuck the cops, but we're like the cops of the queer people. Like we're, (laughs) you know, we're the, we're the queens of of this. I don't understand. So um, anyway, because it caused such an uproar, people were so upset. Um, Someone at the bar had sent me a message and just was like, Hey, like, just so you know, (laughs) basically you're not welcome here. Don't come back. Um and don't come back as a drag queen. Don't come back as a, a little twink to dance around. Don't uh, come back here with your friends. And if you, you know, if your friends cause anything, you know, they will also be banned. Um, they even I this is some hot tea. Oh, an exclusive. Oh I don't God. know if I've ever said this Our out. Our first out.
2: one. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Yay tea. Okay. <laughs>
1: they also found a way to communicate to my workplace to not. Um, they didn't want me to. do hiv testing um and they didn't want me even there for that and so that was actually where it got really real where i was like damn this is like this is really serious and like apparently you cannot tell older drag queens um what's what and that's when i realized how um culty and weird the drag communities everywhere really are um, and how much your relationship with another person which a lot like stand-up I I think Mm -hmm. your relationship with other people it will impact if you get booked or you don't get booked or you kind of like silently get like blacklisted from places Uh, but this was just like a a lot less silent and a lot more like (laughs) you're not coming back Um, and it actually wasn't until a year maybe a year and a half later that I was at a uh, grocery store and I saw the actual owner of the bar and he was like, hey, I haven't seen you performing. And, and I, I think, I, <laughs> I always think back in memories now, by the way, and I think of us wearing masks and I'm like, oh yeah, we weren't wearing masks. So I'm sure my face was not hiding the expression. I was just kind of like, oh, like shuddering in fear from this <laughs> old gay guy. Um, but he was like yeah I haven't been performing and I was like well um, and he's like yeah I'm sure you're really overwhelmed with school and at that time I was like "Mm, I already graduated Mm. from college Um, and he was like well what happened and I explained to him like I'm banned and he was like
0: you said never to come back
1: and so this was so it ended up being another drag queen who what get into this another drag queen who's a person of color who was okay with cowboys and Indians? Who banned me without even communicating that to the bar owner? Ooh. Hot tea, yeah. My, so
0: yeah. I gotta get did... a towel and wipe this up. Yeah, I don't know. So I, I see don't know. It. It's There's a,
1: a puddle.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I do. At the same bar, actually, um, I think it was two years later, someone fully did blackface um, as a as they were impersonating. Oh my God. If you ever watch RuPaul's Drag Race, they do Snatch Game, and yeah. um, where they dress as a they impersonate someone, and this person was impersonating Eddie Murphy playing the character from Norbit. I can't remember her name. Uh,
2: Mrs. Norbit.
1: Yeah. yeah, Mrs.
0: Norbit. Yeah. Norbit. yeah,
1: Mother Norbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so th- it was very weird. This person had lost weight, and then they wore a fat suit, and then they also painted themselves black and brown to be a black person and there was i mean it's everything you can imagine there was a bucket of chicken and all that shit so um and it's still on instagram uh, oh my oh god no, it's still, we oh won't promote god. that we will <laughs> but um oh my but god. all of that to say that those situations kind of pushed me away from the drag scene and I was kind of like I don't know if I really want to be around these people and obviously I was hurt being a younger drag queen just trying to be like hey I don't think we I think I my literal comment on the cowboys and Indians was I don't think we say Indian anymore (laughs) also I'm pretty sure we shouldn't be dressing up like, yeah. I don't know. And um, I think, I remember there was at the time someone was like, um, well, you shouldn't be dressing up like a mermaid because that's offensive to, to mermaid people.
0: That's offensive <laughs> just, to yeah, fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> just dumb shit like that. Um, or they were obviously being sarcastic, but that's, um, that's how I got my, so my drag, like joke, my pageant title that I have that's not real, that really upsets the pageant queens is Miss um, Advocate. Um, because someone commented on that post and was like, What are you supposed to be, Miss Advocate to kind of like throw it in my face that I hadn't won a pageant or I wasn't a pageant queen. Um and That's I remember a great I was title. Like, <laughs> yes. I was like crying and whatever and whoever I was dating at the time. I'm a serial monogamous, so every story involves me <laughs> dating someone. Um but I was dating someone and I remember they were like, That's kind of funny, like maybe you should like make it into a thing. And so I ended up it's hanging up, but I ended up making a sash that says Miss Advocate 2016, and then I wore it in drag That's <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> to make them angry. I ordered it from Etsy. So, oh, but nice. yeah, that's kind of how I was pushed out. And during that year and a half of being kicked out of the gay bar, um, a group of comedians in Grand Rapids called the Funny Girls, which is an all female identified, um, and now has expanded to include people who are originally were part of the group who now identify as non-binary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but funny girls is still the name um they actually were like you're kind of funny like maybe you should tell jokes and do do jokes and um the first time I did it I remember like we had like a feedback thing and they were like that was not funny you just said can I swear on this by the way yeah you can swear yeah oh, of course okay. go for it they were like yeah. you just said cunt a lot <laughs> and <laughs> or, I don't know I don't know or I said vagina a lot or something And and I remember one of them was like we're like an all-female you know, comedy troupe, we get it. You don't have a vagina, that's not funny. We already know, that's mm-hmm. why we're watching you. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. So I would work with them to kind of get more involved in comedy. And then by that time, I was doing stand-up as a drag queen and trying to figure out ways to do funny songs and then I returned to that same nightclub um, to do like comedy drag and while that was happening it's all of these younger people started doing drag and doing weird shit like they were like club kids and horror drag queens Mm -hmm. and had nothing to do with pageants or Mm -hmm. um, any of that stuff and so I think unfortunately, it was a pre-Trump that's what I'm going to say, it was a pre-Trump era Mm -hmm. where a lot of people were like oh, it's fine, and I think during that time, it seriously did radicalize a lot of people, because the same people that were like, it's fine, now they're very political, they're very like it wasn't
0: fine, I was wrong I
1: actually (laughs) recently had um that person that i was describing reached out to me and was like you've grown so much and i you know i was like thanks but in the back of my mind i was kind of like it would have been cool to grow together and not you know not be like shadow banned that's a very (laughs) diplomatic way of
0: phrasing how i would be feeling um (laughs) i kind of feel
2: like with the drag queens that i know because uh i'm sorry tom i'm gonna say it my partner owns a bar
0: oh my god you say and this i talk every about it
2: every fucking podcast i know but um, we've gotten to know a lot of the local drag queens pretty well because uh, one of the best events there in my opinion is um our like saturday drag night and it kind of seems like it's a bit of rite of passage for a lot of them to like cross somebody as like a young and experienced drag queen and get like shadow banned from something <laughs> and then like three years down the road when they're like booking their own shows they're being successful and stuff the person reaches out is like hey sorry about all that can i get in on this you know it's,
1: yeah.
2: it's like a a drag right of passage thing that happens
1: it's yeah it's a such a dramatic community i mean like Mm -hmm. it feels like everything is heightened but unfortunately with all of the the fun and the highs and everything there are a lot of low lows and i think at that time too i was kind of like this is not why i started drag at all
0: yeah it's kind Um, of having the opposite effect of the yeah uh, mental outlet that you were looking for
1: yeah, and I think when I was looking back to, it's really interesting to see how um, how our culture views women, impacts drag culture also, because I think at the time, a lot of drag queens are kind of like, why are you talking? Like, why are you, that's not what we do. Like, you don't have, you're not supposed to have an opinion. And I remember being like, I mean, I don't know, a lot of you guys are kind of opinionated, Um in the microphone. So I don't I don't know. I think um it's good that a lot of people have grown and changed and I I it it makes me sad to think that that's the way that it happened, but it makes me really thankful to know that I was able to build a relationship in a whole other community and now I feel like I can kind of borrow from both and mix the two worlds. Mm-hmm. And there's I still get some pushback as a drag queen in doing stand up sometimes and um, also trying to do funny stuff um like i can't really do stand-up in a drag space it'd be pretty difficult because that's just not what people are there for and usually they're not there for that for a drag queen at a stand-up show but they are by the time that i'm done
0: (laughs) (laughs) nice because that's uh that's one of the questions i wanted to ask you was because you're kind of you know intersecting uh in the middle of the Venn diagram of these, you know, different communities, as far as like there's the drag, there's mm-hmm. the comedy, and then it sounds like there is also this kind of um, growth or significant change in the community, at least from the drag side, where before it may have been just pageantry and uh, comedians. And then it kind of, in I'm not sure how many years that was uh, in between uh, those time periods you described, but within a few years, like kind of expanded to like all the other genres that you described, like horror and blah, blah, blah. And part of that is, you know, I, you already kind of answered like, uh, you know, how maybe if you're going to see an open mic night, they're not necessarily expecting drag, but it's still like a good time. Um, And it sounds like it's pretty common the other way, though. Like, a lot of drag queens do do stand-up comedy. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is kind of then... Yeah, they should just be at normal open mics, too. I feel like that would be such a refreshing act, especially, like, between, (laughs) like, a lineup of just cis straight white guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I actually like to say... Uh, whenever I do like an open mic because it's always that's always what it is I always start my entire set by saying you guys I was not to come up here and talk about how much I love smoking weed and eating pussy but um, I actually found a personality so <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna actually oh, some jokes.
2: <laughs>
1: and um, I got in really big trouble one time too at a stand-up when I said <laughs> I still think it's funny but I said, you guys actually got lost on the way here. Uh, but luckily, I found some men who looked like they were kind of bored with video games, and sexually assaulting women. Um, and I ended up right in the right spot. So <laughs> here oh we are. God. Because it's always that same kind of weird, gross comedy where it's like a straight dude, white dude, that told a joke at a party one time. And like three girls laughed and then they left. And they're like, that's funny. I'm going to tell that into a microphone. And it's never you know, funny, Um, but I, yeah, I recently did a show, like, in October, and I do this scream number, where it's um, Drew Barrymore from Scream on the phone, the opening scene, Um, and I have a bunch of different songs throughout. It's, like, 10 minutes long, where every time she answers the phone, she has, like, she talks to the killer, and he's trying to kill her, Um, and there's, like, an outfit reveal, and, like, a, a whole thing, and I did it at a show where I could tell that people were, like, is that a trans person is that a clown is that a, one of those drag queens like what is that because i think they just didn't know what was going on um and then i performed it and i i remember seeing this like little gay guy there was like a rugby team or some some kind of sports team and he was like way in the back and i remember he was like <laughs> when i was performing and i was like that's who i'm performing for because there are we are in the audience Mm -hmm. and we do deserve to be you know represented in the open mics because just seeing that i was like see my people are here and i'm he's gonna remember that this happened at this random ass like Mm -hmm. open mic at this little tiny bar in grand rapids um but yeah i definitely have caught flack before and i i always question like am i actually being funny or am i just being a drag queen and people are just laughing because they're kind of scared but they're also like I should laugh because I think that that's the right thing to do at a clown um so I'm always like am I actually being funny or not so that's a struggle that
0: I have well I saw some of your tapes and I thought it was funny but Um, well I I thought it was yeah what's up Ross? go
2: ahead Tom go ahead
0: no I was just gonna say um yeah that's very interesting because it is such a visible type of performance art And it sounds like you started with the drag, but at this point, would you say that it's now kind of an essential part of your act? Because it seems like that's a lot of the statement that you're trying to make is like being visible and bringing people's awareness to, you know, this uh, minority of people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I definitely... I've always thought that um, even if people
1: don't think that I'm funny, at least they're being forced to see a queer person like out and proud and it's in their face and it's pretty um, and they'll remember that part. But even if they don't think it's funny, um, but I, I, I think that now comedy and drag are pretty like equal. I've done comedy, stand up comedy as me. Um, and actually it was really successful and I was like shocked because I just, uh, I said most of the same stuff except for the, the drag queen jokes. Um, and I think maybe people were even more shocked that like a little little white boy was like saying these crazy things about my asshole. I don't know, but I I think maybe it was more shocking because it wasn't a drag queen saying these crazy things um, or crazy things to them. To me, I, it's just funny to me, but um But yeah, I think being a drag queen and then doing stand-up comedy, it's so important. I'm the only one that does it here. Um, And so I've seen other drag queens who are funny in microphones, but a lot of times it's that that banter, Mm -hmm. um, that drag queens, if you've ever been to a drag show, it's a lot of the same jokes. And that's what i'm always scared of is like am i just doing am i just being a drag queen like host but at an open mic or am i being like an actual funny original creative like stand-up comedian who's also a drag queen talking about drag queen things i don't know
0: spoiler for everybody watching he's he's a stand-up it's a it's a very (laughs) good act i really like it um thank
2: you yeah Yeah.
0: what were you gonna say
2: I don't remember. It's gone now.
0: Okay, that's (laughs) fine. Um, Because it also sounds like even within... And I wondered like what other type of acts you've done before, because The Scream is definitely an example of what I was kind of thinking of when I started going through some of your work. It's like, it seems like if it had existed at the time, you would have fit into one of those burgeoning categories of drag that was a little bit more... um, not the typical, because you really do like a, an act.
1: Yeah, and like, I try to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, and I also like to trick people, and um, and so like one of my favorite things to do. One, it's I will always love doing this. Is you can look, it's on YouTube. There's a video of it. Um, I need to create like an action. I'm gonna do it again in March, and I'm gonna have someone film it, and it's gonna be beautiful. But I, um, have you seen The Greatest Showman? yeah okay so i love the soundtrack from that um and i love the song never enough ever ever since i heard that i was like this is beautiful and i i saw drag queens performing i actually saw one of my friends performed it and did sign language for the entire thing and i was like this is so beautiful like i just i love it i love it especially in the drag bar because it's so fucking loud and it's just like a loud ass ballad but i was like i i don't know what i was doing but i was listening to it one day and i would think i was driving or something and i probably almost crashed because i was like it would be so funny i was like what what would be never enough to my to my drag persona so now um, i work in sexual health um and education so stuff, <laughs> and i have
0: i actually it's around here somewhere yeah okay i'm gonna grab it to show you mm-hmm. We're gonna, we have a visual oh yes, props for everybody on the podcast i will describe oh yes Jenny, the really. camera.
1: Oh, I'm a great okay. so i have this trunk that i'll bring onto stage it's a little like blue thing i should get a new one or painted or something but i hold it and i put it on stage and i'm performing the song and it's really beautiful and she's talking about how like you know it'll never be enough you know whatever (laughs) Um, but at the line it says towers of gold so then I will like turn it around on like whatever stool it's sitting on and I'll just start pulling out these
0: uh it's a dildo it's a dildo dildo. (laughs) it is and there's like oh is that one of the like nice suction cup ones Oh, there are suction cups. There's
1: one that can shoot out. I was uh, like,
0: I think I recognize stuff.
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Amazon. Were over. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Where'd you get
1: that? Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> Use code ginger for ten percent off. Um,
0: but uh, honestly, I'll I'll take any sponsorship, whether it's impossibly, whether yes. it's dildos, I'll take it. Oh my god! Yeah, I I will pull out all the dildos,
1: and I used to throw them in the, like toss them into the audience, like really dramatically, and just let people catch them. But then I was like, this is kind of dangerous, one to like get a show, and I was like, I have to do something. So there was um, <laughs> two, like. Uh high school students who were girls and at the beginning of the show i was like are you guys gonna be like okay like it's just gonna it's gonna get weird you know and it was an all-female comedy show but hosted by me mm-hmm. um and so i had them come up there's two of them and i just had them hold the dildos in their arms as i piled them on oh! <laughs> and the the best part i mean for me is trying to not break character and be mm. i'm being very serious the entire time about how there's just never enough dick
0: um,
1: <laughs> and I thought about I have to do some family friendly stuff. So I thought about doing it with like uh getting like an empty container of one of those giant hand sanitizers huh. and then like pumping it out but fill it awesome. with water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to oh, yeah. fill it with water and then start drinking it at the end. Um you can as, do like, like a... a
2: flash dance thing with it. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. But just being just being like like you said, doing like a production number where something yeah. there's a there's something extra to it that's what I love about drag queens is like taking something and bastardizing it but in a fun always turning it around I think that's so clever and I, I love to do that um, oh, yeah. I, don't know you... I
0: feel like there's so much of comedy that is based on exaggeration too that it really yes. does those art forms fit well <laughs> together
1: yeah and I think the first time I performed it if you've ever been to a drag show and a drag queen does like a ballad it's time to get a drink, it's very boring. And I remember I was like, perfect. They're all getting irritated. They're getting annoyed that I'm doing a slow number. They have no clue what's about to happen. (laughs) And I remember that all these gay people who don't probably don't like me, um, (laughs) just all started gathering and being like, what is that? And then I started just piling them on the floor. And by the end of it, they were all like screaming with dollar bills, like, oh my God, because I that was something not that people didn't do funny stuff there but it was not as common to see a drag queen mm-hmm. almost make fun of a drag that's the thing too is like almost without doing going too far it, yeah it's almost making fun of a drag queen doing a, a ballad which i think is really if i do say so myself very clever because i i've seen it a million <laughs> times a drag queen doing a ballad and it's, it's boring um but i another thing that i'm working on is i'm doing a mashup of <laughs> Driver's license, that song that everyone love. I don't know if you've heard it. It's the TikTok. The kids are listening to it. Oh,
0: if it's on TikTok, I've probably heard it, but just they don't just, remember.
1: Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm always behind the, behind the cur-. They just did it, made fun of it on Saturday Night Live. So I was like, perfect. People know what it is. It's on Saturday Night Live. But I'm yeah. gonna do a mashup of that. Um, and then a TikTok that I found of a woman being like, be a whore, and it's so it'll <laughs> cut into that. Oh, and then I think I've be, seen
0: her, yeah. Yes,
1: yes, you have. She's like um, on the college campus or whatever, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then it'll cut into uh, Shut Up and Drive by Rihanna. So I'll have, it'll be like a sad into a happy performance. So I always try to think of like a theme, and how can I convey some type of message um, and make fun of something. Um, if I can, so that's what I try to do every time. Awesome. Yeah,
2: I think I think one of the my favorite things I've seen a drag queen do. Um, she goes by Pariah Sinclair. Uh, she's like Ooh. kind of the, the sidebar house queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she did one of the the drag queen story hours, and there were, you know, of course protesters there, mm-hmm. and like there was a segment on the news, and they came up with this like stupid chant that was like didn't really rhyme but like they just kept chanting it and it was like pariah sinclair we see you in there we don't want your illness here get out of bel-air <laughs> Bel Air was like the, the the like town and so she turned it into her intro music so like oh my <laughs> every time she's like the state <laughs> MC, she'd like walk out to the chant and like clap along with it and stuff <laughs> Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! Yeah. No, yeah I, I, and
0: coming from libraries, it's been a big thing too, with the uh, drag story times. I don't know. People just need to get over it. It's, yes, it's I'm. Awesome. I'm.
1: I'm. This is also a, a exclusive. My drag queen story time is going to come out in April. Oh. So I did one with our library here, which is going to make a lot of people mad.
2: Yay,
0: <laughs> that's good. That's OK. Change is always uncomfortable. That doesn't yes, it stop is. it from coming. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Also, uh, sorry if I missed you, but uh, viewer Casey McNeil wanted to say, Ginger, you're very versatile. P.S. I'm from South Haven and thinks this was great. So I try and interject their comments as they come in. But I like, am very versatile. She's right about that. <laughs> um, well,
2: I think like one of the things like Drag queens as performers kind of terrify me. Like I know you said you don't like to think of yourself as intimidating, but like first of all, like height alone. Like I'm nice. a short person. Like seeing somebody who's like easily six four, like where you know, like five inch heel platform <laughs> heels is insane. But just like, I mean, you have to be good at makeup, you have to be able to create the female illusion, like depending if you're using padding or like a a corset or whatever the fuck and most drag queens i've seen at least have like some other skill like they're able to dance i mean i feel like dancing might sort of be a drag 101 kind of thing (laughs) it's like the bread and butter but like you know like i've seen people like sing live in a woman's voice which is really like cool but also i can't imagine how hard that is like (laughs) You have to be like a quadruple threat to be a drag queen, so it's like yeah, a whole it's intimidating
0: other... in that it's you gotta be <laughs> mega fucking talented already to do that.
2: Yeah, and sometimes someone dresses up like a chicken and pretends to poop eggs <laughs> out of their ass, like at the end of the night. You never know.
0: <laughs> so, speaking of the end of the night, I also, because I think you said throwing dildos into the audience, and I don't know how hyperbolic that is, but. I just can't stop thinking about the scene of after the show going around collecting the dildos back up. Listen, excuse me partner. ma'am, I need that dildo yeah. back. We got another show in 30 minutes.
1: <laughs> I remember that show actually and there was a woman I don't know what her name her name's like Linda or something but in Grand Rapids she's known as like a really um, important figure in like the theater the theater community and I remember that she was there and she's like holding one of the dildos and she's like I want to let you know that that was the funniest shit i've seen in uh, my whole like in a very long time and uh-huh. I, I didn't know who she was but i was like oh thank you and i took the dildo back and we like were laughing about it I hope she so my partner because a theater person was like do you know who that is and i was like i don't but apparently she so
0: she loves dildos. I, yeah. hello <laughs> who look at
1: it that's they're fun i actually have one that's a packer so i'll end it by if you don't know what a packer is it's like a it's like it looks like a flaccid penis so um and some trans men will use it to put in their pants and sometimes they use it as like a some, i don't know what we were using it for in my job but not important um <laughs> um but i have one of those in the in the con- little container too so i'll 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 make sure i don't pull that one out and it'll leave it for last and then i'll just swing it around because it's flaccid
0: <laughs> um <laughs> and that was
1: yes that also that always uh stresses people out but,
0: <laughs> but yeah and then I did all by
1: myself as a music video when COVID started mm-hmm. um and that's on YouTube of me just being an idiot and crying in drag being sad that we're stuck at home um and trying to be creative because a lot of drag queens were I was getting invited to shows and they were just performing like a little in their living room with like a, a backdrop or sometimes not a backdrop um and i was like wait i have so much time cuz my work kind of shut down for a second they were like eh, i don't know and i was like let's you know let's roommates and partner and my sister who was living with me let's make them let's make music videos so we made several music videos and one of them was all by myself which who doesn't love but everyone loves that song i'm sure mm-hmm. and, and or at least knows what it is so yeah. um I was like, we might as well make fun of this situation. And unfortunately, it's still relevant to this day. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> Longest
2: yeah. two weeks of my life.
1: <laughs> oh my <God>. Yes.
0: <laughs> but it's fair to say, I feel like at this point, that um, there's been a lot of opportunity in like uh, doing an art form that's already very speculative and then taking it for like another twist. Have there any been, other than the controversy you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. particular challenges that have come with it? <clears throat> um yeah i think
1: the challenge it's an internal one i've said it like four times now because i need therapy but um (laughs) i sometimes am like am i funny like it's an internal like i don't know like i don't um and being around a lot of funny people all the time it you know if you ever go hang out with other comedians it's just like um and and i think um, I've learned to s- sort of step back and be and be, be more of a listener. I'm not a very good listener. I'm an Aries, so um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not really my strong suit, but um, getting that from my own self, but also getting that subtly from other people, sometimes not so subtle, from other people who want to critique you without you asking. I don't know if you've had that, but people... Um, you know other comedians especially kind of critiquing your work um without it being like a workshop like I didn't know that we were doing that um and so (laughs) just sometimes not feeling um like I'm I'm funny enough I guess um or not feeling good enough at makeup or wigs or whatever um but then I have to like I said scroll down on Instagram and look back at that ugly shit that I was (laughs) doing and be reminded that
0: learning shit that learning shit yeah those
2: stepping stones that helped you (laughs) grow into the beautiful butterfly mermaid that you are now which is good that you
0: have that reminder like i guess before the big social media wave hit although i think we're seeing it's not a it's not a wave it's here to stay it's like there wasn't so much also documentation um in our day-to-day lives and it really does benefit to kind of look back sometimes i mean i sometimes i don't appreciate when facebook is like remember when you were happy a year ago how's it now <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, it's good that you have that yeah for sure
1: i think um i'm trying to think of other struggles i mean the other i think the other um thing and i think other comedians probably feel this way too is like what's next and like, am I doing enough? And and especially last year was, I mean, I mm. think we were all kind of like, are we doing enough? I don't know. Um, and so I'm always, Joan Rivers once said, <laughs> they were interviewing her and she said they asked her what her biggest accomplishment was and she said it hasn't happened yet I think that was like close to her death but she would always say like no it hasn't happened yet so she was always looking forward and I do think that's a good mindset to have but I've also had to learn to be like appreciative of what I've been able to do and being able to create and spaces that I've been able to be in Um, because I think sometimes it's if you're trying to an event or book an event and you're like I'm a drag queen and I also am a stand-up comedian and I'm also I blow up balloon animals like (laughs) um
0: and I can change your tire
1: um I feel like some you're always having to sell yourself um and so that's
0: they're also both industries that are by themselves extremely competitive let alone trying to make a name for yourself in both worlds
1: right yeah and I've I've had situations where um jokes have gotten me in trouble me making fun of um dudes at at different shows um for saying you know whatever um and not been allowed back at places or had to have like weird conversations about like why am I not getting booked at this place um or that yeah I think the what is it FOMO the fear of missing out Mm -hmm. that happens a lot with comedians and with I'm sure with other drag queens um especially now with things being 25 you know percent or it's now it's 50 percent capacity in different venues and um limiting the amount of comedians and drag queens that you can work with um and i've also been selfish though because i i try not to book any other drag queen because i want the attention on myself okay <laughs> my thing. so if i'm doing a comedy show but i also honestly don't think there are a lot of drag queens that you know that that's what they jesus i'm breaking things no. that that's what they do um that that's that they do comedy or they do they try that they're known for doing that in the area i think it's a lot like i said it's awesome but it's a it's a blend of all different types of drag and you might go to a show and see someone do a funny number and then do a really serious number or do something scary and then do something super beautiful like a barbie the next number 30 minutes later which is the magic of drag queens it's insane yeah. um so I'm, I'm actually glad that that's a that that's how it is but um yeah that's those are some like internal struggles and and external things that i've had to deal with um I've had – I've I've upset a Trump supporter recently, so that was fun.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> <Me>? Little <laughs> snowflake. Yeah. You're a pussy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Suck it up. Exactly. Yeah. Rub some yeah. beer. He lost. Um, I
1: mean, <laughs> yeah, I was doing That Don't Impress Me Much by Shania Twain.
2: <laughs> and um, it, every – you know,
1: have you heard that song? Okay. <laughs> you love the song. So every time um, – she says like oh so you're and it says like a rocket scientist so i cut out that audio and then i put in a clip of it saying former president joe or former president donald trump um and then it says like former vice president mike pence and then it says oh so you and it's the clip of him saying grab him grab her by the pussy Mm. and it's like that doesn't impress me so that's what i was performing um and this man got very upset and left (laughs) left hamburger Mary's because apparently he didn't know where he was um, (laughs) which is literally a drag queen restaurant (laughs) Um, like that's they do drag shows every single day of the week like there's always a drag show like
2: that to go to michigan awesome. jesus this sounds amazing it's a it chain like it's
1: actually. A yeah it's a chain hamburger <laughs> mary's yeah it's a chain i performed there in chicago and then we just got one in grand rapids so oh. um but yeah i think people are like this is a hamburger joint and <laughs> i don't when you honestly when you walk in it looks like this like it looks it's the walls are literally pink and purple stripes <laughs> the walls have rhinestones on them and there's like portraits <laughs> of like dolly parton and
0: judy garland and i'm like which yeah. if you're really just there for a burger shouldn't bother you although exactly. to, be fair,
2: to be fair reading nuance is not something i'm sure most trump supporters are able to do so <laughs> walk in, they're like oh this restaurant must be owned by a very feminine woman
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of lace oh,
0: yeah Good there me. is <laughs> all right um, well, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, we talked about your writing process a little bit, and if you want to speak more to that, I definitely want to hear it, because um, you do really creative stuff, and even in general, I'm also, like, not a very experienced comedian myself, so I'm also just looking for uh, writing tips. Um, but on that note, too, I saw your episode on, I believe it was called the Sound Out Proud podcast podcast. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm fucking up that name, but it was a podcast, and you kind of mentioned they're also kind of switching to, um, doing some material about the South, and that was like almost a year ago to the date. So I want to know, did it happen? Yes. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it tell us it about did that. happen. Yeah. So actually, it's, I I the
1: process of me figuring out how I would tell a story about being a gay person became a joke in itself because I. <laughs> I reached out to my actual mom. So um, I'm from the South. My mom is Mexican. My dad is a white Irish person, but we are white people uh, from the South. Very yeehaw. Um, my mom is from like Florida originally, I think. And my dad is from Kentucky. So very yeehaw. Um, and I, like I said, I was always so gay. Like I, 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 I when I came out, I was like, no, it, I, have, I didn't do anything differently. In fact, I came out, get into this. I came out at an... I I should put this in the stand I came out at an IHOP over a plate of crepes. <laughs> that's... That's gay. That's uh, gay. <laughs> <laughs> like, that may... I want to hate crime someone right now. Um, <laughs> but I... I was asking my mom, I was like, I want proof. I want some proof for my stand-up because I want to tell stories about how I was always gay, even as a little a little kid. Um, and I asked my mom if I would do dress up and you know, I would try to play with makeup and little things like that. I think a lot of boys do that as kids, just in general. Like kids just kids yeah, just want to put fun. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I want specific examples. So I asked my mom, I remembered that I had written down uh, you know, like in kindergarten, I don't know if you were If you were ever in kindergarten but um in kindergarten they had like us write a book that was um like a little all about me and we would fill in like worksheets that they put into a booklet and in mine (laughs) i remembered that i had uh wrote wrote gay stuff in there and my mom was like yeah it was pretty it was it was uh pretty like flamboyant what you wrote in there and i asked her for that one book right i was like i just need this one thing my mom drops off an entire drives an hour and a half to drop off an entire like grocery bag of just a bunch of like busting at the seams, gay shit that I did. (laughs) (laughs) And there's like photos and there's like books and there's poems that I wrote to know.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I don't, I don't know.
1: Um, I know. And now I just suck random strangers dicks. I don't, (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't know
0: what happened to me, but here we That's are. It's still pretty An gay. art form in and of itself, it is. too, though. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, if you're doing it right. Um,
1: I but... love it. Um, so, I wanted to find the gay things. What I put in the book was. And I tell this on my stand-up is that um I on the page that said, When I grew up, I want to be and there was a blank space. And instead of writing something like in the space or choosing from all the boy jobs that I could have picked, because there was like a firefighter thing and there was a police op- fuck the police. There was a
0: police officer <laughs> thing.
1: There was a um I don't know, another type of boy job, like a briefcase or something. A doctor. And I crossed all of them out with a red crayon. Wow. And then I wrote, <laughs> in all caps, and I spelled it wrong, I wrote everything. I, so oh. when I grow up, I want to be everything. <laughs> so, and then on the you very next
2: the page, yes,
1: <laughs> I want to rule the world. On the next page, like literally the back of that page, it says, my favorite hobbies are, and I, as in kindergarten, I wrote, going to the mall with my Aunt Marcia while we listen to Celine Dion and Whitney Houston. <laughs> so, always gay. So now I'm I talk about that now. in my stand up to to make fun of things but also to show people that you know being a queer person isn't a choice cuz it
0: seems like that's still
1: a that conversation is still that
0: people are having. Uh, a um, popular belief, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so I like to make fun of that and say, you know, look at this. I I could not, ha- you could not have made this up, literally. Um, and my mom brought me an entire bag of of stuff. Um, but I also grew up super religious, um, and and Southern Baptist,
0: mm.
1: um, and was always in the choir and all of that kind of stuff and i need same. to i need to write more jokes
0: about that huh i said same i was also raised baptist yes the, choir, the youth group the youth group yes yeah i um good times.
1: it was a, it was a good time yeah
0: so i i, I start to twitch when i'm suppressing memories <laughs> yes oh my gosh
1: at least my audience church i'm
0: twitching happening. um sorry that's for the <laughs> there's podcast a lot of twitching. <laughs> yeah there's
1: twitching happening and um, out
2: to my atheist parents damn yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. it's so wild i I remember that I when I came out to my mom I was dating um we won't say his name but the thirty something year old he had a name that was also could be a woman's name and so I was telling my mom like she and her <laughs> um and she thought that it was a girl um and in a Burger King, I left my phone out and there was like, it was whatever phone I had, there was like an image attached to the name. Um, and my mom realized what was going on. And when I came back in the Burger King, we were the only people in there. I don't know why we were sitting down in a Burger King, or whatever, um, but my mom was like, you know, you're gonna get AIDS and die. Oh, wow.
0: um,
1: and even at the time I was like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Challenge accepted.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see about that. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, now I have, now neither of those things have happened out of spite. I could easily, um, but the irony of me working in HIV and AIDS work now. So I talk talk about that a little bit sometimes also. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've been trying to talk about my childhood and and always being a gay person and trying to tell stories of things that have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I tell a joke now about my brother uh, two Christmases ago. He has a son and his son... um, (laughs) his son uh, was playing with like nail polish or with a marker on his nail. And my brother was like, he's gonna be gay. Or he said, you're not gay. And like smack the marker away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I was sitting right there um, and I was like, what? And um, I looked at my brother and I was like, he's not gay. And you know, my brother got really serious and was like, no, I know. And then I just tapped him on the shoulder and was like, I haven't touched him yet, but I, <laughs> but I will. Um, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> only to draw attention and make fun of these stereotypes
0: about about yeah that like i mean it, that's the whole yeah. like the main argument i feel like for the bathroom debate is like oh yeah you know they're gonna dress up so that they can like assault women and it's like yeah. that's um that that's is that's not hard. in the interest of uh, yeah
2: most as a as a survivor like. and a former like victim advocate they don't need to dress up
0: to get away with it I they promise don't you. it's <laughs> they not that do. hard oh, that's also a very dark thought thank you for bringing that up bro. that's just, true right. i'm dork. just saying whatever <laughs> it's allowed to be a like... lot of
1: extra steps it trust me it would but um yeah, I, I think it's fun, too, when the audience reacts in the same way where it's like, <gasps> and I always say, I'm like, straight people, don't gasp. You made that shit up.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did that, and now we're here. Buckle up. Which is, um, which is <laughs> a great tag, and I think year. speaks a lot to, like, you know, also the, you know, popular structure of comedy writing of, like, building up that tension to break it down. Yes. Um, okay, so it sounds like... Uh, <laughs> You, you've been doing great. You've been doing great with uh, transitioning Thank to storytelling you. and- uh... <laughs> I Yeah, I well, like you
1: were asking about like joke writing process. Um, something that I do is I meet with the funny girls. So some of the funny girls, mm-hmm. I'll still meet with them. And, and, and we've opened up our circle to straight white men um, who are actually funny.
2: Impressive. So,
1: funny I, yes. people. Yes, diversity, they are people. Yeah. They are people too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hardly, but they are. Um and yeah, we will sit down and I'll literally just be like, I'll start talking about something, or we'll all be talking about something, and I'll be like, Is it funny if I say this? And sometimes they'll be like, Yeah, that's funny or they'll just stare at me and be like, Nate. <laughs> <you know what?" laughs> or <laughs> um <laughs> I know that one of my really good friends who's a comedian, she will, she'll be like, that's funny, but you should add like one more thing and really get it, like really punch it down. Um, And so to add on to that last joke, the third part of that is I'll say, um, I always tell the audience, I'm like, no, you guys, I didn't say that for real to my brother, what I did say, which I did not say this, but I tell the audience what I did say was that um there's no way he's gay but you should probably do a 23 in me because he might be a little bit Vietnamese the nails look really good and that is to draw attention to how fucking stupid it is to think that it's it's just as stupid to say something like that as it is to say like a child of you know a baby is gay it makes no Mm. sense it's just as ridiculous and stupid um and I think my brother heard me say that joke and was like he'd laugh and then he was like that's kind of like offensive and i was like remember when you said something very offensive you actually said the first part um Uh, right next to me so i learning how to say something kind of crazy and um, knock down other things at the same time not being too too wild um but trying to to draw attention to just stupid things. I think I, I also say, like, um, I used to say, I used to just tell a joke. And I used to kind of like what I was telling you about, like, just um, just like riddling off jokes. And one of the the comedians I was with was like, hey, like, You know you should try to do more engaging with the audience so i used to just like riddle off jokes but now i do one of those things about like i'm so gay and then the audience will be like how gay are you and then that's where i'll say like different gay jokes over and over again (laughs) oh Uh, my god
0: i was just writing a set for this week uh that was in the same format of i'm so bi how bi are you just doing (laughs) one after the other so uh just felt like I had to say that because uh, I'm too tired to write new material now, so it's coming and it's uh, it's different. It was not directly inspired by this podcast. Because I'm very excited to to hear it, see it, learn about it.
1: I <laughs> I like to say because one time I did actually experience homophobia at a Panera of all places, which is a very gay place.
2: You have a lot of life altering events at fast food
1: joints. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and it's, I just want to rest and eat my bread bowl. I just, <laughs> can I just eat this in peace? Oh. Um, but now I said one of the I'm so gay and then I say, I went to Panera the other day and they asked would I like chips, apple, or a fagette. Um, huh. and I chose the fagette. Um, and just. I, I always choose this.
0: the carbs, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's fair yeah yeah i yeah
1: we love actually i do love a baguette i'm kind of hungry now well Well, that's interesting because
0: we have the like two funny feedback show where it's kind of like a feedback mic and i think it's come up i forget which episode it was but like one of the one of the things that came up was kind of the idea of just because a joke is funny doesn't mean you should say it Mm -hmm. kind of thing um Which it feels like it reminds me a lot of your humor because there's a difference between when you're saying something with intention behind it with like a purpose of I'm purposely bringing this issue to light um, so that we can kind of use it as a means of talking about it versus just doing it as shock humor. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and I think for a long time I really was doing
1: a lot of just shock humor and there was nothing behind it and a lot of other comedians were like what are you doing because I think I now being where I am I can imagine a drag queen coming into this those spaces now and doing that and me being very frustrated about like hey, like we actually sit down and we write these jokes out. We practice them. We say them to each other. We get critiqued. Sometimes critiques don't feel good. Um, Sometimes we think something's really funny and no one else thinks it's funny. And you're just coming out here and saying like, I have a pussy, like what? (laughs) And so I can can imagine now I'm like, oh damn, (laughs) that must have been very (sighs) off-putting to have me coming to this space as just like a little clown running around. Um,
0: Probably wasn't fun for them. Well, hopefully they're also very cognizant of like uh, a learning curve. But I do want to ask, uh, just because, like I said at the top, uh, we gotta we gotta at least ask the same first and last question. Um, Always it's tradition. We're a little, uh, yeah, we're a little, I guess, superstitious, ritualistic in that way. But um, but we also want to wanna the cat hear. Cat asshole um, has been in this episode. Yeah, that's uh, also a that's our good luck charm is <laughs> <a> cat ass. <laughs> Um, but no, um, so I want to ask, it's also a chance if you have anything coming up that you want to plug, but we also want to know what's up next for you, stuff that's soon that we can check out, um, as well as what your long-term goals are regarding performance. Is it something that like you want to make your main thing or are you happy doing the work-life balance? my god i'm not happy doing that
1: it's so hard but i but i love my job and i love my drag stuff um i am moving soon to a different city that's a bigger city that's close to the city that i'm in right now that's not in the state and i will be announcing that once i have a job but i'm still planning on moving even if i don't have a job um, to Chicago in June oh.
0: and more I haven't. Spilt like... tea. You heard it yeah,
1: first. So, so many, <laughs> uh, so and many hopefully, spoons. yes, tea. I have some friends there, uh, comedians and drag queens who I'll hopefully be able to connect with and do things and, um, be able to do a lot more, a lot more things without so much pushback, hopefully, but I also know that just because you go somewhere different doesn't mean things are magically going to change. So just trying to level up my drag, really be clever about what I'm doing in a new city um, and make those connections and network and all that shit. Um, And I'll probably still be working in the HIV field like I am now. And coming up. You said uh, t- I can say things that are coming up? Yeah, you
0: can plug yourself if you want. Plug I'm going to do it. a little plug, plug at the end just for your yeah. Instagram and website.
1: Yeah, I mean, I literally have 25 dildos. <laughs> I know I can plug myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> know, I'm wrong. I
2: spray off just be insane. <laughs> do they give you <laughs> yeah. a
1: discount when you order in Boulder? <laughs> yeah. You've seen the human centipede. That's what I want in my
0: ass. Oh my god.
1: Um so, we're not going to yuck my yum, Tom? Oh my um... God. I, uh, I have, I'm hosting, I'm a regular host of Grand Rapids Crime Tours, which happens every Tuesday and Friday, and we, we rotate out, so I'm one of the regular hosts, there's four of us, so all through March, April, and May, before I move, I'll be doing all of those, um, and so that's grcrimetours.com, and then I'm also host. <laughs> I'm also, I don't know. maybe
0: I'll add something in post that actually says it, Yeah. You know.
1: I'm I'm actually uh, also hosting a um, my brain just stopped working. I am hosting a comedy show at the barbershop where I get my haircut again. It is a safe comedy show. It's gotten some um pushback, but it's a safe masked, you know, keep your mask mm. on. Um a lot of the comedians including myself have been vaccinated. Um it's a safe place. It's a ticketed event, limited, but it's at a a barbershop that's on my Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'm also going to be in LaughFest, which is a um, comedy festival here in Grand Rapids. Um, And I'm not performing with her, but Michelle Wolf is also in it, and hopefully I get to like say hi to her.
0: Um,
1: But I'll be in that as the only drag queen to ever perform in LaughFest twice. Um, and I also am doing some upcoming outdoor drag, uh, type things in the downtown Grand Rapids area, and I'm also performing at Hamburger Mary's Grand Rapids, so I'm doing a lot of shit all the time.
0: (laughs) So we're gonna just have a scrolling list of all the things. Yes, the Star Wars. But if you want a condensed way, uh, to see all that stuff, I'm gonna mention it again in our outro right now, because... That's all the time we have today. I feel bad because this show's only an hour, and I feel like we could just keep talking. But uh, that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank you, uh, Kyle. Uh, wow, Kyle. Who the fuck is Kyle? Ginger. That's Nathan. my new drag queen. Yeah, new, <laughs> new, new drag queen. There we go. Yeah. Um. Anyway, thank you for being here. Such a great guest <laughs> yeah. to hang out with us. Um. And uh, the Instagram to uh, find Ginger Ambrosia is at the Ginger Ambrosia. And you can also visit the website, GingerAmbrosia.com, to find all those events uh, mentioned. And thank you, Roz, as always, for being a great co-host. And a big thank you to uh, our audience. thank you for commenting casing mcneil if you're still there wherever you are um and if you enjoyed the stream uh please consider making a donation of any size uh at district-comedy.live or following us on social media the links to those can be found in the episode description um and tune in next week i believe they're a toronto-based comic uh martin morrow and Great opportunity to plug again. Uh, He's also going to be in the stand up for CODs for ACT. Um, So yeah, definitely.